Whispering Streets. And here is Betty Davis. Hello. Jennifer Evans had walked the whispering streets of popularity since she appeared as a child actress with long curls and mascara lashes. But this night, as she sat in her dressing room, cold creaming her face carefully, removing her makeup, she knew a moment of extreme weariness. She sighed deeply, and her maid asked a question. Tired, Miss Jennifer? <sighs> Dead tired. May say life begins at 40, but it seems as if I've lived five or six lives up to now. Well, every cat has nine, so I'll carry on. Oh, you're no cat. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. <laughs> and then, too, you began so early, Miss Jennifer. It's too early. A child should be allowed her childhood. A girl should be allowed her girlhood. A woman should be given a chance to be womanly. I have been continuously busy. I know it. When one show closes, another one's open. And if I could let down occasionally, just... Very occasionally. Well, you went to White Sulphur for that long weekend. Isn't everybody kept pointing to me? That's Jennifer Evans, you know, the actress. Isn't she divine? I'm tired of being divine, am I? I, I want to be sloppy and easygoing. I want to wear a house dress made of gingham or calico. I want to wear an apron. I want to wear shoes with broad toes and flat heels. Well, why don't you? I can't. People would think I'm middle-aged if I dress like that. Now, I realize. Middle-aged him up, but I can't have people saying it. Oh, I'd like to buy a little farm. A couple of hours from New York. <laughs> I'd like to buy it under another name. You mean like an anonymous name? Mm hmm Just that. I'd like to motor up to it quietly after the Saturday night show. And motor down from it on Monday afternoon. I'd like to go to the general store with a, with a market basket on my arm. I'd like to have the storekeeper treat me like an average customer instead of staring at me and asking for an autograph. Well, why don't you buy a farm? Oh, I can't. I was just talking. Were you? Mm. Look here, Miss Jennifer. Most of us hanker for something we can't possibly have. Most of us are sort of, well, reaching for the moon. But all you want is something you can have. Well, something that'd be as easy to get as a, a box of candy or a pair of shoes or a new hat. I believe you're right. It it would be easy to get. I, I mean, the farm part of it. Oh, but if I went to a real estate agent, my identity would leak out and I'd be licked before I started. Well, then don't go to an agent. Huh? The Sunday papers are full of farm ads. Mark off a couple of dozen of them and go exploring. Leave off your makeup. Slick your hair back from your face, put on darkish spectacles. Do you think I could get away with it, Emma? Well, of course you could. You're an actress, aren't you? You can fool anybody. Well, I'm going to take your advice, Emma. I'll spend Sunday looking at ads. Monday, I'll go farm hunting, and you will go with me. Not in a big car with Timmons driving. If you do, they'll get wise. No, I'll drive down in the station wagon. I'll dress very, very plainly, Emma. But I want you to dress up like a very well-to-do woman. What? Yes, we'll change places. And when the farm's bought, you'll be the one who signs the papers. It'll be in your name. But, well, Miss Jennifer... But, but... nothing. 
<laughs> You'll be the woman with the independent income, but not uh, too large, but large enough. And I'll be the poor relation who tags along. I'll use my middle name, which is Madeline. Maddie, for short. <laughs> Will you be the Mrs. Johnson? Oh, I, I shouldn't have led you on like this, Miss Jennifer. No good's gonna come of us changing places. Changing places for two days a week. <laughs> no good may come of it. But what harm can come of it, Emma? Answer me that. In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first... Military service can now be credited toward Social Security and at the same time continue to count toward military service retirement. Just as military service retirement has certain conditions to be met, so does Social Security. It takes 20 years of service to qualify for military retirement. However, it takes only 10 years to qualify for Social Security. Men or women, now in their 50s, actually require even less than 10 years to qualify for Social Security. That's why an old-timer in the service may already be qualified for his Social Security retirement. For although servicemen did not begin paying Social Security taxes until January 57, all active military service from 1951 can be counted toward both military service retirement and Social Security. That's providing the serviceman was on active duty any time after 1956. But you should remember that you can't start collecting your Social Security until you're 65. However, service women can start collecting at age 62. Have you investigated your Social Security benefits? <laughs> Our story with Betty Davis. Jennifer Evans went home that night and slept the sleep of the just. Next morning early, she was searching through the farms for sale columns, while Emma hovered anxiously in the background. On Monday morning, they started out, Emma wearing a severe black suit that had come from a very good tailor. It had originally been Jennifer's suit. Jennifer in a little print dress that was neat and clean, but had obviously seen better days. They didn't expect to find anything that first Monday. But through some miracle, the ideal farm was there waiting for them. A local agent showed them around. A white house with green blinds. An elm tree near the path leading up to it. Rambler roses over the door and hollyhocks. Oh, bless them, I love hollyhocks. Cousin Emma, don't you think we can buy this farm? Uh, well, what is the acreage, Mr. Parker? Well, there are 40 acres. They've gone a bit sour, but with proper cultivation, you'll be able to work them. There's a brook. It could be dammed up for a swimming pool. Oh, sounds heavenly. Oh, Cousin Emma, please. You, you'll be wasting time if you shop around. Now, it seems to me we ought to look at some other places before we make up our minds, Miss Mistakes Emma. are made by waiting, Emma. Somebody else might snap it up if we took time to look around. Uh, of course... <sighs> You explained to him, Emma, that we only want it for a weekend, please. Uh, yeah, just from uh, Saturday night until Monday afternoon, Mr. Parker. Uh, maybe I'll to uh, put a deposit on it. Oh, give him a check for $1,000 right away, and then the bargain will be clenched. Well, I must say, this is the quickest sale I ever made. <laughs> but I like a woman who makes up her mind fast. Well, or has it made up for her? Well, then can we... Uh... <laughs> Emma, 
After how soon we can take possession. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Mr. Parker, uh, how soon could we have the place? Well, no, there are certain formalities. The title search, you'll have to arrange for the mortgage. Oh, my cousin always buys things outright, Mr. Parker. Uh, I do? Uh, yes, there'll be no mortgage. Then in that case, you can move in almost immediately. There's some furniture in the house now. Oh, I want to see the kitchen. But won't the kitchen be my province, Emma, dear? Oh, the kitchen's quite complete. Well, I'll run in and see it. Emma, you can trust my judgment. Usually I can. And then we'll go down to Mr. Parker's office and you can sign the necessary documents. Oh, Emma, darling, isn't this fun? Now, there's one thing that I would want to know about. That's neighbors. Two women alone in the country need good neighbors. Well, you've got farm folk on either side of you, Miss Johnson. Plain, reliable people. Cross road and have another farmer. And he's experimental sort. Studying soil improvement, tree feeding, spraying, all that sort of thing. It's a bachelor named Rolf Upton. Well, I only hope he's quiet. Doesn't throw wild parties. Most bachelors do. Nobody throws a lot of parties around here, Miss Johnson. It's an isolated section. That's the way we want it. Yes, that's the way we want it. The setup is perfect. Jennifer Evans, Glamour Incorporated, for six nights out of the week in two matinees, beautiful, serene, far younger than her age, Wearing superb clothes superbly, Jennifer Evans, the toast of New York, the legend of Broadway. And then, on Sunday mornings, Jennifer Evans became Madeline Johnson with her hair dragged back into an efficient but unbecoming knot, tramping fields that had gone uncultivated, browsing through woodlands, sitting on the bank of the brook that was her own special property. It was on their second weekend in the country that the two ladies had a visitor. They saw him through their screen door when they were eating their Sunday morning breakfast. Hello there. May I come in? You better wait till I unhook the door. Well, let me in. I don't know which one of you is the owner of this property. Oh, my cousin, Miss Emma Johnson, owns the property. I'm, well, I'm sort of her companion. My name is Madeline. I'm Ralph Upton. I live across the road from you. Oh, yes, Mr. Parker, the man who sold us this house. Uh, he said you lived across the road. He also told us you're an experimental farmer and that you uh, don't throw parties. Both statements are entirely correct. I lead a lonely life, and I must say that I enjoy it to a certain extent. We also enjoy solitude, my cousin and I. Yes, uh, me and her, uh, she and I like to be left alone weekends. We're very busy in the city during the week. Oh, you're a businesswoman, Miss Johnson? Oh, yes, my cousin Emma works very hard indeed. And you? Well, I'm her companion. <laughs> the, the typical poor relation, Mr. Upton. Why are you frowning at me, Mr. Upton? Well, you have a vague resemblance to someone. I go to town quite often. I manage to see the Broadway plays, and... I know. You think I look like Jennifer Evans, right? A very definite resemblance. Well, I've been told that before. Mr. Upton, are you blushing? It is a bit warm in here. I guess my face is a trifle flushed. Jennifer Evans is... is uh, something of an obsession of mine, Miss Johnson. She... Well, I... 
dropped in to offer my help if you two ladies ever need any. If, if any job is too much for you or, or there's heavy lifting to be done, I'm available. Well, thanks. That's very neighborly. I'll run along now. Goodbye, and I hope you'll be happy in your new home. Oh, we'll be happy, all right. Emma, why don't you ask Mr. Upton to drop over for supper this evening? Oh, oh yes, uh, uh, sure. Come over and eat with us, Mr. Upton. I'd be delighted. I'll see you later, then. That was a close call. I had goosebumps all over me. He's charming. I must say you were smart, Miss Jennifer. Taking a bull by the horns that way. Yes, I threw him off, didn't I? (laughs) Know something, Emma? I think he has a fatal passion for Jennifer Evans. Meaning you. Not meaning me, Emma. Meaning the actress. I doubt if he'd ever fall in love with her. Poor relation who has a vague resemblance to the real thing. Just a moment, Betty Davis will be back. Not long ago, a United States Army major from New York State showed the forgotten people of Korea, 45,000 shunned and outcast lepers, that somebody still cared and remembered them. Major Frank Jaworski began by collecting nearly $30,000 in food, bedding, and clothing for the needy lepers and their children. He learned of the lepers' plight from Catholic missionaries in South Korea and then began an amazing one-man campaign to help them. The major collected woolen jackets, sleeping bags, and any other equipment he could scrape up. Then, during the Christmas season, he asked the men of his unit, Headquarters Detachment 8th Army Special Troops, to contribute whatever they could for the afflicted children. The response was tremendous, showing the true American spirit of sharing and giving to those less fortunate. Before the men were finished giving, Major Jaworski found himself with 700 packages, each worth $5 of food and clothing for the leper's children. With the windfall created by his men's generosity, the Major continued to give many of the packages to Korea's unregistered lepers, of whom there were an estimated 25,000 living in caves and under bridges. Yes, the Major had an axe to grind. He believed that in spite of race, color, creed, or disease, people are worth living for, working for, and sharing with. And he certainly accomplished a lion's share in upholding this belief. Through his unselfish act, he gave us all a thought to remember. We are Americans. As we go, so goes America. And now, back to our story with Betty Davis. As early summer drifted into midsummer, Jennifer Evans grew to love her home in the country. She found herself looking forward to Sunday and to the weekly visits from Ralph Upton, who came over regularly for Sunday supper. Often he'd come early and give Jennifer hints about her garden and the fields that had gone sour. One afternoon, when they were in the garden... I can't rationalize it somehow. Your speech is so different from your cousin's. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't mind my saying this, but you should be the well-to-do woman and she should be your maid. <laughs> My family had plenty of money when I was young, so I went to good schools. Emma came from simple folk who made their money late in life. Speaking of accents, I wouldn't take you for a farmer. Oh, I've been to college. I have several degrees. I'm fortunate in having money to do the sort of work I enjoy doing. 
I think you're a very nice person, Mr. Upton. Thanks. The very first day I saw you, I thought... You thought I looked like a famous actress. (laughs) Are you secretly in love with Jennifer Evans? You think I'm a fool. I'm 48, and I should be miles and centuries beyond sophomore crushes. But the first time I saw Jennifer Evans on the stage, she seemed the the unattainable ideal. I've kept a Jennifer Evans scrapbook. Everything I've been able to find about her is pasted in that book. Why didn't you write and tell her how you felt? Oh, I wrote one fan letter to her ten years ago. It was answered by a secretary. The answer was obviously a form. It thanked me for my interest and said that praise from her public was praise indeed and that it made her feel proud and humble at the same time. I didn't want to be just one of her public, so I never wrote again. What a pity. What a great pity. Ralph, I'm not promising anything, but but Emma and I might be able to do you a very important service. Such as? My cousin is very well acquainted with Jennifer Evans. She might be able to arrange a meeting between you. Do you mean that? Yeah, I do. I'll use my influence with Emma. Maybe she'll uh, invite Miss Evans up for the next weekend. What? (laughs) You've taken my breath away, Madeline. I can see that I have. Well, if you'll sit here on the porch, I'll go in and get things started. Getting things started is my middle name. As they whipped a meal together in the kitchen, Jennifer explained the situation to Emma, simply and in words of one syllable. Emma was blunt. She made no bones about it. It's the beginning of the end. You'll catch on the minute he sees you. I mean that you're one and the same person. And then what'll happen? You'll either hate me for deceiving him or... Love me very much because I'm his dream woman. If he hates me, I'll leave this farm and never come back. If he loves me... Yeah, if he loves you. I'll leave this farm and never come back. A woman doesn't want to be loved because she's a symbol or an ideal. She wants to be loved for herself. So either way, I lose. Jennifer served the supper quietly. It was delicious food. When the meal was over... Oh, you're a fine cook, Miss Emma. Well, I ought to be. I've cooked since and I was... And she decided that she should have a hobby. She studied cooking under some of the best chefs, Ralph. Best chefs, my eye. I could teach them all a thing or two. Uh, well, I'll uh, get at the dishes. Well, I'll help you with them. Ralph, why don't you go out to the porch and have a cigarette? Hmm? I'll join you later. Farewell, Madeline. I'll be waiting for you. So Emma and Jennifer did the dishes together, and when they were in place on the china closet shelves, Emma lumbered off to bed, and Jennifer went out onto the porch. At her approach, Ralph rose from the glider in which he was seated. Come over here beside me, Madeline. Yes. Cool and 
pleasant out here on the porch. I love this place. I love you. What? I've been sitting here thinking, figuring it out in my mind. Madeline, I love you. What? I said I've been sitting here thinking, figuring it out in my mind. I love you. But, Ralph, you, you practically admitted you were in love with Jennifer Evans. I was fascinated, dearest, by someone behind footlights, by an illusion, a, a woman who never existed except in a dream world. But you're real. You're warm flesh and blood. You could be even more beautiful than she is if you had her clothes. And the footlights. And all the trimming. I don't want to meet her next Sunday. Next Sunday, I want to break the news to Emma. I mean that she'll have to get a new companion if... If you'll say yes, that is it. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> you're shaking all over. Are you crying? I don't know whether I'm crying or laughing. I'm afraid you'll have to meet Jennifer Evans next Sunday, Ralph. But it doesn't matter now. I'm not in the least jealous. window dressing. Clothes may make a woman, but they don't make her lovable. It's the woman herself who counts. Being a real estate agent is an interesting job. No, it's more than a job. Sometimes it's a sacred trust. For the honest real estate agent tries to give his clients a house which will become a home in every sense of the word. But Mr. Parker, who sold Jennifer her farm, came up against one very strange client. And now, here again, is Betty Davis. Mr. Parker, the renting agent, heard that a house might be put up for sale, and so he went to see the owner. He found a strange man with a strange story to tell. You will be fascinated by Mr. Parker's unusual experience when I bring you his story. Until then, this is Betty Davis saying goodbye from the Whispering Street. Today's program was written by Margaret E. Sankster. Featured in the cast were Betty Lou Gerson, Colleen Collins, Vic Perrin, and Parley Bear. Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is Dan Coverley. Whispering Streets has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.